You're going to be incredibly blessed by this intersection of you change. Okay, so that is also her book title, but it's not about that. I'm not playing with words because that is her job. She's a wordsmith, and I am so grateful to the coaching that she provided to me on this episode. That's right. You guys are going to hear her directly support me, speak words of affirmation over me, and teach you how to do the same. In addition to that, she shares her stories of shift from the corporate setting to entrepreneurship, those challenges and what that was like and how she faced it and the triumphs and the process and the backstory. I think that's what everyone wants to hear is they look great and shiny from the outside, but how did you crawl to get there? And she is so vulnerable in the way that she shared and her strengths of voice and sound and authority and strength. It comes out. It's so beautiful. So you've got to listen to Lolita Walker today on the Fit and Faith podcast. And she has a retreat just like me. So check that out for next year. And if you want to come sooner than next year, as she said, she'll get 12 people together anytime. I am getting 12 people together soon in Punta de Mita, Mexico. That's right. We shifted from Costa Rica, you might have heard about it, but we're not getting vaccine cards, at least not now. So we aren't forcing anybody to do anything they don't want. Instead, come one, come all to Punta de Vista. Check it out on my website, tamaraandress.com backslash retreats. It's going to be a blast and I would love to have you there. Welcome to the Fit and Faith podcast. Fit is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie-cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, My desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. Yes, girl. <laughs> hey, I was just talking on a video to say, look at Tamara Andrus. We are going live. Yes, we are. I'm so excited to introduce to you all my friend, Cal- fellow coach and encourager, fierce woman of God, retreat host, all the things. We're so synonymous and I'm so excited. You're a podcast host and author. I have yet to grace the TEDx stage though. So you are goals to me. This is Lolita (laughs) Walker with a T. (laughs) Yes. Hello. Hello. And thank you for having me on your platform. This is just super exciting. You know, we've gotten a chance to meet each other in person. And not only was that powerful to see you in live action, but now we're here to together. Perfect timing. Look at It God. really was when I saw that you were on my calendar because I work one day at a time, right? Like it's too hard to go too far forward. And I was like, yay, Lolita, we're going to have so much to talk about. So we already have. And I feel like since the beginning of getting to know you and us knowing that one, we're not too far away from each other when it comes to the map, um, but also when in all of our shared passion. So I want to dissect kind of how that evolution looks like for you uh, and what led you to be and do uh, the things that you do now. 
Oh, such a great question. What led me to be standing and sitting literally where I am right now? Well, I started in corporate. I started in corporate America, like a whole lot of people listening in. And I was there for almost 20 years. And the brand that I was working for was being divested from the larger company. And in that new divestiture, I said no to an amazing opportunity that was presented before me. And in that no, I didn't feel I didn't I didn't feel nervous or anything yet until in my mini retirement. That's what I call it. My mini retirement. (laughs) Right. I felt the the release of pressure that I didn't even know was on my shoulders because I was this robot just doing this stuff the way that Lolita does this stuff and shows up all the time. Well. I said, I'm great in the corporate space. I know how to navigate this thing. I'm good with getting up the ladder. I'm good with sitting up there doing all of these things. But do I want to do that for my next 20 years? And the answer to me was no. So then the question was, well, then what are you going to do? And I started asking people about what I bring to the table. What are my strengths? What am I really good at? And as I started assessing what those things were, all roads led to Lolita. What you do really, really well is meet me where where I am without judgment. And then you helped me to get to where I wanted to go. And I didn't even know that that place was over there and it was available to me. And that looked like coaching. So now I'm certified. That's so good. That's so powerful. And so interesting. First off, I love that you called it a mini retirement. I called my pivot in life a a midlife or a quarter life crisis. Uh, (laughs) Mine was a little bit less of it. It was more of a forced quit, I like to say. Um, But I think that there's a lot of power in the thing that I took from your uh, journey Mm -hmm. most was the fact that you actually looked to the outside of self to find the answers of what other people were seeing you do well. I think often we feel like because we're passionate about it or because we're gifted in it, that means exactly that this is the next step. But how is it packaged and how is it served to the other people that are receiving it? So I think that's very powerful. What was in that? Was there actual like testimonies of examples that you've helped people get on those tracks that you didn't even realize you were doing? It was just natural and organic for you. Yeah. You know what happened is after I left, it was around two 2017. And that was the time that a lot of folks were being laid off from their jobs. And people started coming to me to help them navigate change because they saw that I was navigating so much at once and I wasn't cracking up. So that change looked like my father had recently passed away not too long before. My young son, I was with him. I was now a a new single mother and I was recently divorced. And all of these things together was this bundle of change and people were struggling with, and now you're not working. Now you're just out of your checking account. Now you're starting a business. You don't know what to do. How are you doing this? And I started taking people through this process. And then I started asking them, well, why did you come to me? That's when it started. So as I started talking to other people, they told me examples of, well, you managed me for all these years. Let me tell you what happened during that. And stuff you just do on autopilot, but you don't recognize the impact. 
That's really good. And I think a lot of people don't recognize, right? Like they're in that supersonic thing, but the thing that they're doing really, really well, they're only doing it maybe five to 10% of their time and their capacity because they're doing everything else that when they become free, whether it's from a job, a corporate setting, that's not always what that freedom looks like. Um, It could be from a relational bondage that's taking place. It could Mm -hmm. be from a situation, whatever it be, that when they actually operate at that 100% capacity in that full gifting, it becomes just a space of, of fulfillment, unlike right. anything that you've ever experienced before. Absolutely. And hands down. I'm curious because I know your faith is a huge part of how you operate and how you exist in your being. Where did that, was that something that was cultivated as a little girl? Talk to us through your faith journey. Oh, absolutely. My parents, we are Baptist by nature. I'm talking small Baptist church where we went for, if they had breakfast, we would be there. We had the fish fries after church. I was on the usher board. My mama was in the choir. I was in the choir. It was that thing where everybody knew you to the point of going so much that that becomes life, right? And the expectations were there. So we were speaking in front of people because you were up reading the scripture for the day. We had friends that were like-minded. So yes, I started off with a very strong foundation. And when that's infused in you, what happened was I went to college and life happens and then you start getting busy. And we didn't have podcasts back then, or you couldn't tune in and stream to your church. So we had a church on campus, but that church on campus wasn't like my home church. It didn't feel like that. So I started getting out of the practice. I still prayed, but I stopped going to church, let's say. But when I went back on my own is where you have to rely on faith because who is there? Not your friends who's going to leave you on the sidelines, right? Sometimes not even your family, but God is always there. So going back to where I uh, started my entrepreneurship battle, battle, so funny. Um, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like we're fighting sometimes. I got you, girl. I got you. <laughs> my journey, there was a time, and I talk about this often, where I was I started my business. But again, for me, although I was taking people through change, there was so much change happening at once for me. And at one point, there was overwhelm that pushed me on the ground, Tamara. And I was on my hands and knees in a fetal position sobbing, sobbing like no other. And in that moment, I remember the surrender. In that moment, you can't do anything else. And I remember saying, thank you, God, for these tears that are coming down my face right now because somebody else doesn't have these tears to cry today. And I remember saying, thank you, God, for this roof over my head, although I don't even know how I'm going to continue to pay for my mortgage. And in those moments, I said a lot more, but I felt what I've never felt before. I experienced this, what I call a blanket of calm. And it literally felt like there was a blanket being put on me from my back to my front covering me. And I didn't know, I felt scared, but I felt excited at the same time. And I remember saying, thank you, God. And I haven't experienced that, but my tears started drying up. And then in that moment, I went downstairs And I wrote what's called my Be Free Creed that I say every single day. It stopped three in my book. I end all my rooms with it. I say it all the time. And it just brings me such a power and such a calm. And I believe that everybody will experience when you surrender to God, everyone is able to experience what I call a God moment. And that was mine. 
Oh my gracious. I love that even though you're not speaking in poetic format, you're speaking in poetic <laughs> format. Like it is so good to hear you speak. Like it's so sweet and and buttery the way it comes off of your tongue Thank and out you. of your mind. But one thing that I think is really interesting and it was not parallel to my story of surrender was immediate gratitude. You were in this space of surrender mm-hmm. and you were just started professing what you were grateful for, whether it be tears, mm-hmm. whether it be that roof that you might not be able to have the very next day or the very next month or whenever. Uh, how did you know to like shift into that space so quickly or was it just kind of a revelation of need at that moment? Yeah, Tamara, it was. It was a need. It was a desire. It was what I needed right then. I just felt so hopeless And so down, I didn't know what to do. I just felt like the world literally was crashing. And what, that's a good question. What made me start saying, thank you, God, for these things? Maybe it's my foundation. Yeah, it is. Maybe it's because you go back to your roots when you're in in times of crisis and times when you're down. That's why now (laughs) in my practice, I talk about your foundation and your roots, and what are your core values? It's those things that you go back to when nothing else is there. And for me, one of my core values is faith. Mm, yeah. And in faith parallel to gratitude is so critical yeah. because I think otherwise, what is your faith premised on? And, yeah. you know, it, it almost leads you to that place of, of vacancy because if you look around, if you're really looking around, like there's a lot of hurt, there's a lot of distraught experiences, there's a lot of pain. Uh, there's a lot of shame, which is one yeah. of my missions to like r- to rid people of that. But when you look internal, you recognize that there's so much more gratitude. So it's almost like this internal recognition of breath, of life, of just being that then we can evoke change based on our state of gratitude. Yeah. And you know what else? I think it was this notion of how dare me look around right here and see all of the blessings that are upon me. I'm living out of a a checking account, right? Or savings account. I'm in a home where I have a roof over my head and I have heat that is flowing out of these vents. You know, like I am down, but if this is my low, how dare I not be thankful for it? Like if this is my low, my low, then how dare I not be in a state of gratitude because I'm standing right here and there's so many people who aren't. Yeah, it's so good. And I, and I think when we were at the conference this past weekend, they were talking about like the fact that America in and of itself wasn't even here 245 years ago. And that from a component of wealth, that we are the wealthiest nation. Even when we say we're flat broke, we're actually still very wealthy. We have shoes on our feet. We have clean water to access right? We have a component of shelter, whether that's even a shelter or your actual home, at least they exist, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's just a need. And it's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about international travel and taking women into a space where they can actually see and be reminded by the gratitude of the space that we are currently existing in on the regular. I know retreats are something that's really powerful to you as well. Yeah. How do you integrate the things that you learned and the strength that you've brought to those scenarios in and infuse it to other people. Oh, so good. You know, if I had to choose the most 
powerful and impactful piece of my business portfolio for me between coaching and speaking and all the products and services, it by far would be my retreats. And I see you smiling because it gives you that one-on-one, but it gives you that feeling of giving back in the moment. Like I can flex in the moment and move and flow and see your transformation right in front of me. That is the juiciness of a retreat. A retreat for me, I only have 12 people that is that can come. And it's because I want to give you my one-on-one attention, but I also want you to be able to feel and be comfortable in your own surrender. So I think my foundation has helped me. Also, my superpower that I thank God for all the time of being the conversationalist and being able to listen intently while I also am able to feed you. You know what else is that there's flow. So I'll have a schedule. God laughs at me every time. <laughs> every time. Every, every time. time. I have a schedule and I give it out and I say, you guys, what, I, what I've learned after my first one. And now we're going to be on nine for my 10 for my next one. Wow. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah. That that's 10 for my next one. Right. And it's that we're going to flow and I'm going to flow right with you, which is why I love my coaching practices too. A retreat allows you to be in person or virtual, but the in-person ones are the ones I'm talking about right now. It allows you to bond like no one else can because you're in the moment and people simply speak. It allows me to coach while also being coached. It allows me to sit in moments and see transformation happening. It allows people to cry and feel okay with it. It allows me to also walk away and honestly say no so that I can get some me time. And I do build that in. And that was after my second retreat. I began building in me time. Do you do that? Because I, I, God put me down. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, because I mean, you recognize it, whether it's a retreat, even in one-on-one coaching, conferences, mm-hmm. things like that. If there is not that component of just reflection and isolation, <laughs> isolation to, for connection, right? It's so that we can align and realign so that we can continue to be that strong conduit. It's hard because you stop hearing what God is saying if you're constantly infiltrated with all of those emotions, yeah. because it is a lot, especially at the, as the liaison of the experience. And it's as you're helping other people flow into their surrender, the other people in that group aren't also navigating at the exact same pace as that person. And Mm -hmm. so it's a very interesting dynamic. And some people don't even really share or open up until almost near the end, right? And they're just receiving, receiving, receiving all week. And then their waterworks come at the last day where another person, their waterworks have been held tight for so long that they're there and just ready to get it (laughs) over with. So it's funny, like I don't host retreats to make people cry, right? Mm-hmm. I do host retreats for people to have breakthrough. Yes. But the way that I share about people doing it is really more about that rest and rejuvenation. And I think alongside rest and rejuvenation comes surrender because you get to that place of slow. You get to that place of um, being in union with your actual emotions versus yes. the emotions of the expectations based on the situation that you're in. Our spouses have expectation for us. Our kids have expectation for us. Our bosses, even our colleagues or our team members, they expect us to show up in certain ways. And it's one of the reasons I encourage people to go on retreats with other women that actually aren't their friends, that they're not traveling with a group of people, that they go and they're the only person they know. 
because uh, it really allows you to be fully present and not have to worry about, well, what are they going to say? What if they take back this information and share it yeah. with somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. Have you ever gone on your own individual retreat? You mean, do I bring myself to my retreat or have I been on other people? Yeah, have you retreat? been on somebody else's retreat? Oh, yes, solo? yes, yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. What was that-, that experience like being on the other side of like the teaching or training or coaching? You know what? I'll tell you that, but let me tell you the end. That is why I host my own. Ah, let's start. Yeah. Okay. Good, good, good. I have been to a number of retreats. I've been to different types of retreats and there always felt like there was something missing. So I would get something out of the retreat for the moment, but I would leave and feel good, but there was something that was missing and I didn't know what that something was. And one day I woke up. And I said, I'm hosting a women's retreat. I know exactly what I want to do. I don't want to have it in a hotel. I want us all to be together. I want it to be an all-inclusive experience. I want a chef that's there. I want these busy women to be able to come. Once they pay one price, everything else is included. I don't even want them to have to think, show up, done and done. Yes, girl. And that was it. Yeah. I called two friends that I graduated with. One that has this culinary institute. And the other one is um, a psychiatrist because it was important to me for the type of retreat that I want is to have a psychiatrist there as well to do some mental stuff. And it's all good in the neighborhood. And I started, I got on the phone with them and our very first one was in Philadelphia. It was in an open, huge loft. There, there were these um, kind of sliding doors. There was two two oh my gosh every bed was a twin bed and there were two people per room we had a total of 12 people myself and the two ladies that I'm talking about one of us was on a couch sleeping and one was like in a super loft. it was crazy (laughs) it was crazy but I will tell you something it was sold out I told people about it what I was gonna do And the last woman who came to that one, the last person I did not know or have any affiliations at all with. Oh, wow. She came. She said, I found it online. She found it a week before the retreat. She said, I found it online. You were nearby and your site resonated with me. And she loved it. Loved it. That's the best gift because we know from a marketing perspective Retreats can be tough because we are vying for other people's attention, no different than any style or genre of marketing, no different than being a coach or a podcaster or Mm -hmm. author, right? Everybody is being sold all the time. And I think there's such power in the way that you show up in in the strength that you have, um, in the vulnerability of the challenges that you face, and also your passion for women specifically in the way that you serve them. And so I think that one, it's no surprise that she resonated with you. But two, I can only imagine the depth of, of testimonials that you have from everyone that you serve. Um, I've only been blessed by your ministry for a short period of time through Clubhouse, through Breakfast of Champions, even in person, though. You, you in the middle of my lunch, mouth full, you asked me a really deep question that was one of the most um, integral questions of the conference. And I talked to a lot of amazing people, but that question just really resonated with me because it took me by surprise in my response, not the question <laughs> per se. And when you said, would you have guessed that you'd be here a year ago? And so I'm curious, from your perspective, would you guess that you'd be where you are right now a year ago? Yes. It's so funny. That was your answer, too. I would say yes. I, yes. 
I dream and I'm looking at my vision board right now. I vision even bigger than where I stand right now. I mean, I haven't even touched the iceberg, the tip of even the iceberg. I can see it. I'm not even nearby where I know my potential is. And I'll tell you, I do. I'm excited about where I am, but I am probably my my hardest and harshest critic. And although I know I make impact, Sometimes I say to myself, Lolita, like, what are you doing? You should be further and farther. What is the gap? And then I have to check myself sometimes. It's okay to sit in that because I believe we push each other and we know that there's bigger, better, bolder. But to that question is, yes, I knew I would impact the masses. Yes, I knew that I would be touching women. Yes, I knew that I would be working on my second book. But yes, I've had goals that I haven't yet achieved where I'm standing right now. And we're less than four weeks out. I know. I know. Right. It's so good, though, because I feel like even just this morning, there was the commentary in Clubhouse saying that, you know, your start date and your finish date don't have to be December 31st. Mm -hmm. There's really no component of date that is beyond or in too soon or too late. It's a recognition of self. And a huge conversation I've been having all year is my pace. Um, mainly because I've had people, and it's what I kind of spoke to at the conference around busyness, who will who will take note of all the things. You show up everywhere. You're doing all this stuff. You're traveling all the time. Uh, and it's it's not because I feel out of congruency with what I'm supposed to be doing. In fact, it's actually the opposite. Uh, but it's the knowing that if I am not in stride or in pace with God himself, then I feel exhausted. Mm-hmm. Then I feel burnt out. Mm-hmm. then I feel like I'm out of alignment and not serving in all of the hats that I have, right? And so I'm curious for you, when you think about uh, the next steps of of achieving those goals, not that you're sent to, to strive, uh, but how do you perceive that pace is going to look as you keep going? I mean, what is your momentum like now? How do you take care? How do you have those moments of rest? How do you keep going? Yeah, yeah, so good. I did a chat this morning on another social app about self-motivation and how do you continue with self-motivation? And I see your question is very similar. And I left these seven steps in my mind of completion. That's because the number seven is completion. I could give you a list. Yes, girl, I got you. Yeah, I bet, I bet. I love the number seven. Yeah, but some of what I talked about and I do for myself is that I write my small wins. I do every day. I write a small win on what I call a small wins board, myself and my family, one small win. And what we do at the end of the month is that we read them all out because occasionally we forget that we do have wins along the side of the road. And the thing is that they can come back into the forefront whenever you want them to. You're just choosing not to see them. So let's talk about them. And then there's no judgment around them. So motivation is being able to go to that wall and know that you are making an impact every day. And some of your small wins literally could be that I had two pieces of pie tonight. There's no judgment (laughs) because there's reward in it all, right? There's no judgment. Um, another piece is that I'm grounded in faith, which you talked about before too. And what I do know without a shadow of a doubt is that when in doubt, I know that there's coverage to my left and my right. And when I imagine myself standing on my foundation, literally, although it might have cracks in it, whatever I'm feeling in that moment, I know that God is is omnipresent and is right there. 
And because I might fall, which I will fall, my strengths, my strength and my faith have wings that will protect my fall. Right. You know, another thing, um, Tamara, is I believe in the power of affirmations. I believe in the power of I am. I believe that I am is ownership over whatever you say next and it's demonstration in it. So those are three. That's really good. Um, one, I know that you love affirmations so much that it's a part of your brand and you gifted me affirmations that are now sitting next to our um, our diffuser, which oh is a critical part of our home, right? Um, but I, I was grateful for that gift and they're beautiful. They, they partner with me and my love for color. And so it, it met my spirit. But I think the component that I want to mention, too, because I think it's different than what a lot of people say about affirmations uh, is the fact that you are saying that the power of I am based on statement. And as we enter into the latter part of the year and the new year, a lot of people are going to set those, quote unquote, resolutions. Right. And I am not much of a resolution setter. And I can tell you why specifically later. But my question to you is when you set these I am statements and you're making this social contract, not just with yourself, but with other people, because a lot of people proclaim them out loud. Mm-hmm. How do you help people step into that vision time after time and stay in that realm of I will do this based on the I am based on the Ooh. affirmation? So good. I, my IMs are a little different, mainly, and I'll talk to you about them. What I talk to my clients about is this, what is a strength that you know you have? So let's do one. You ready? Yeah. Okay. What is one strength that you know, without a shadow of a doubt that you have? I like emanate joy. Okay. All right. I am a joy emanator. Okay. And why do you, why do you say that? What makes that true? A lot of people tell me that they say that I light up a room when I come in, um, but also I feel it like deep within my spirit based on evolution. I know the difference between happiness and joy. Mm, Okay. Um, What is one strength that your husband would say without a shadow of a doubt? For me, Mm -hmm. um, gosh, uh, would he say, well, he's the chef. So it's not that I cook. Uh, <laughs> I have somebody who cleans my house. So it's not that I clean. <laughs> it's not the typical wife responses. Um, probably that um, I am trustworthy. Oh, oh, okay. And what makes you say that? How have you demonstrated that before? Uh, I stick to my word. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is only because I lived a season that I didn't do that. And mm. so I am confident in my integrity and the trust that we have cultivated. Ooh, like that. What in the last one, what is one strength that one of your clients would say that you have? Your latest client, your last client that oh, you talked yeah. to. Okay. I just was talking to him just a couple hours ago. Okay. Um, it's that I bring more value in the conversations that I have than the finances that they have to exchange with me. So that my basically is telling me that I don't charge enough, <laughs> but he was just saying that my convert, the conversations that he has with me are unlike any of the coaches he's had in the past. Mm. And for a guy to say that, that's pretty awesome. Okay. Okay. So this is what I heard. I am a joy emulator. I know the difference between happiness and joy. And I bring that to the world every day. I am trustworthy. I stick to my word because I know what it feels like not to. I am value. My conversations are unlike any other coaches that my clients meet. I am Tamara Andrus. That's what I heard. Wow. Right? That's what you said. 
<laughs> that is amazing, Lolita. So the power in that wow. is that it's not only an I am, it's what you said. And then you remember how you demonstrated it in the past. Totally. And so now when it comes to you at your lowest times, are you trying to figure out, oh my gosh, I am, I am, um, I am strength, right? Yeah. I am organized. All of those are very good. And I want you to know those too. But now I want you to know without a shadow of a doubt, the strengths that not only you see, but others see, and then how you've demonstrated it. So this is a two part. It is, I am a joy emulator, but how? Like, how do you know that? It's because I know the difference between happiness and joy and I bring it to the world every day. When you can tell yourself that, and not only tell yourself that, but you've demonstrated it before, then there's no room for doubt, fear, or anxiety because you're already telling yourself the truth. You've been there, you've demonstrated it. So now how do you walk in, into that, right? How are you going to bring joy today to your situation? How are you gonna bring trust into your situation? How are you gonna bring value, your own unique value into your circumstance today? Because you can, and now you know that you can, because you've already demonstrated it. You're standing right here. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's incredible. I've never, ever witnessed that before. Uh, thank you. I feel like it's an added gift to this conversation. Absolutely. And I think as people are processing those answers or those questions for themselves, right? It's the knowing that there are people like yourselves who want to have these conversations, who are making space for people to have these conversations and supporting them. I see you, sister. The dream is spinning in your soul, calling you forward, and yet the works are taking a toll. Summoned into purpose to reap what he promised. What you desire is noble and honest. Co-laborers needed to level up your fields. Plow, plant, water, harvest to yield. Your vision and growth will manifest. Lay your spirit to rest with all you invest. A fresh season upon you, waiting to flourish, requiring your faith and works to nourish. Are you ready to reap your harvest? And so from like a coaching perspective, I mean, there's the empowerment piece, right? And helping others stand in empowerment. What other unique facets of coaching do you bring to the table? This one in and of itself is such a treasure. Yeah. Not only am I, um, it's so funny. Someone the other day said, Lolita, I know what it is you do. I've been wanting to put some words to it. You give spoken word gospel to your soul. What? Yes. I was like, yes, yes that is it. Do. Right? Do. So it's so much so that it's in my bios everywhere now because it was so good. Yes. And it's so true. So that piece is what I just did. That that's unique to me because I'm able to hear you and reframe. So that's all around reframing. The other piece that I have a superpower in doing is especially in the coaching realm, you know about already asking powerful questions, right? That's just the nature of coaching. Yeah. But I'm what I'm really, really good at doing is asking you the questions, hearing it, reframing it for you, and then literally pausing for your own accountability. 
Like that's what coaching is. And, but everybody doesn't coach to that aspect of coaching. And I'll sit with you until you get to the root of answering your own problem. And that's the difference between um, coaching and consulting is that a lot of coaches really are fixers and they are telling you what you think you want to know, but how they would do it. And they're trying to fix your problem, but you didn't really come with that problem that you think you had. Because when you choose to listen and dig a little deeper, right? You're so right. You're so right. And it's interesting, as I was unpacking that experience with people and clients about three years ago, there was an evolution of this understanding because they would come and their outcome desire was, I want to start a business, right? And then by the time we were like three (laughs) sessions in, I'm like, hold on, you've got marital issues. We've got personal development issues. You've got no health consciousness whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And I would recognize that it was actually less about the business. The idea was great. They could probably make that happen. But because the other pieces were out of alignment and out of zone of clarity, they weren't even focused on those things because Oftentimes what we want is to be seen and business and entrepreneurship feels like a place to be seen. But what if we can learn to be seen just in our own self and actually reflect and love and sit with that person? But that's not often what we're taught to do because of striving, because of perfectionism, because of an achievement driven society. Um, So I just I really resonate with that. And I think as someone who coaches, it's almost like pastors who need pastors, right? Trainers need trainers. That's actually a chapter in my, in my book about that, because we, at some point feel like we age out of needing that support. We Mm -hmm. age out of the fact that we need a coach because we no longer do childhood athletics, or we age out of counseling because now my, my problem is solved or healed. True. But we are a being, we have a mind. And so mental therapy and these conversations and these questions that are being probed, they have to be consistent or you get to a stagnation again. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to both of us. You're like, I hate my job. I don't even mm-hmm. enjoy this. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, I don't even know if I like my life to the point that I don't yeah. even want to be there. That was my fetal position mm-hmm. because of choices that had happened to me and choices I had chosen. And so I think that there needs to be um, a, a coaching reframe for a couple of reasons, right? The coaching reframe of the fact that like you need help. Yeah. I'll raise my hand to that, but not a lot of people will. Right. Yeah. So tell me too, from your perspective, when you're talking to people and like, I don't need a coach or like you're, mm-hmm. you're sharing what it is that you do. How do you actually activate them into knowing the truth that this is the next step for them? From a coaching oh, perspective. That's such a great question. You know, when people resonate with you, it's a beautiful thing. They want you to come with them on their journey. They want to be on your journey. They're like, where's the next step? And for a while in my life, I didn't have a next step. It's like, let's go to lunch. Okay. (laughs) Right. Oh, sure. Get back on my calendar. Oh my gosh. But now it's a practice. It's a business. So now I still show up in the same type of way and your people will find you. So I used to go out and say, this is why you need me. You need me, but you're right. Coaching clients don't know they need coaching. And they definitely don't want to ask for help to tell you that they need it because they they associate you with therapy. And so therapy is crazy and everybody's everybody's off. (laughs) Yeah, you're so right, right. And the whole thing feels slimy because they think it's slimy, but it's actually soothing and exactly what they need. (laughs) Yeah, so what I do is I show up and I speak. 
I show up and I ask my clients, would it be okay if for the next potential client that may be talking to me, I say, you know what? I've heard you and this is how I believe that I can help you, but you don't have to believe me. I have somebody that you can talk to. And I always tell my last client, get ready because there could be a potential that somebody will call you. Is that okay? Right? There was a time, um, Tamara, where I was not comfortable in my ask. And sometimes I struggle with that still today. And my latest struggle with my ask was asking for testimonials from people on video. Mm. And the reason is because when I dug into it, it was because early on in my coaching practice, I was told by a couple clients that they didn't want people to know that they were being coached. And I understand that because it's a very personal journey and they definitely didn't want to be on video and I couldn't even get them to be on audio. (laughs) So what I used was their first letter and their last name. And that worked for me forever. But I never went back for the ask because I was sitting in that and how personal it is and everybody's going to say no. So now what I do is it doesn't need to be about coaching. What if it's about speaking? Because speaking and if I speak life, then you know that that then can translate. And if I happen to find a client who was ready to get on camera and talk about their coaching experience, let's do it. Let's do it. That's really good insight. Really good insight. One thing that I would add to the support of that is oftentimes when I'm on the coaching experience with people um, and I'm asking question about, so how are you feeling? What's going on? I have it recorded, right? And they're telling you so excitedly about the transformation that's taking place. And then the review never happens. And so I reach out to them afterwards and say, hey, I loved and cherished so much what you just said earlier today. Since I record for my own learning, is it okay if I clip this component? And every single time they say yes. Oh, that's such a good idea. Look yeah. at that. Thanks, Tamara. You're welcome. You gave me a treat. I'm like, how can I serve you back? <laughs> that was good. I, I will do that. You, oh, yes, I will do that. Good. So I am, I'm just honored that we got this special time together since we were just in person and didn't have as much as we should have. What is another way that I can serve you? What things do you have coming in, in the lineup, maybe for the end of the year or for next year? I know you probably have retreats on the calendar, but coaching and stuff like that, let's hear about it. Yes. Well, I have a couple, I'm going to do three because I value the number three and seven is just too many for the ass. <laughs> yeah, no, so, <laughs> right. Right. I have three ass. You can okay. do one or all three. You can okay. consider it. All right. The first ask is all about um, my retreat. Absolutely. My next in-person retreat is in September of 2022. Already on my website, lolitawalker.com, just to let power women know that there's only 12 available, right? So that is absolutely available. And some people say, well, why aren't you doing it earlier? Well, let me know you want it earlier. And if there's 12 of you, then we will absolutely do it. (laughs) I love it. Let's go. So that's one ask, right? The second ask that I have is for a testimonial, right? Is for it. So I love that. It's for a video testimonial. I started when we were at the conference. That's when I started. So it's not so even like, good. listen, people, it just started for me. I love that. Okay. I love that. So my ask is for you, Tamara, for a video testimonial. Done you think and about done. it. Done, done, and and done. done. All right. You send that to me. I'm so excited about it. It'll be a surprise. Okay. Okay. That'll be good. And then let's see. The last one is, oh, my podcast. We've got to get you on. I know. I would love that. 
Let's do it. We'll make a trade, a little swaparoo. Done and done. All (laughs) right. That was the three. And what about me? Can I help you or serve you? We've had I love it. Fun. First off, we have to let everybody know what your name of your podcast is so oh. they can pop over and get the goods of Lolita. Do you ever do your spoken words on your podcast? Oh, my goodness. Only a couple of times have I Me? done it. I haven't either. And I feel like that's an area we should really step into. Oh, it is. You know what? I was on a call today. Yeah. And I was saying that I am going to do, I never really do impromptu episodes. Yeah. But I'm going to do an impromptu episode, no editing needed because it's just me. Right. Yep. And yep. I am going to do a piece of spoken word. Now, even on the other ones where I did it, I didn't even mark it that I did it. It's just oh. randomly on there. Okay. So you'll get a treat. Yeah. But this one I'm going to actually talk about and say this spoken word on here. I love that. I love that. I feel like, it, there is a season of creativity that's just, um, it's actually on a rise in the kingdom, in, in my personal opinion. And people are recognizing that like God is showing up in all facets of who he is through his children. And there's just been an, a release, especially since experiencing it at the conference last weekend firsthand of, of creativity, like creativity through word, through language, through dance, through movement, through sound, through everything, the teaching and educating in the way that people do so creatively. And I'm, I'm in for it. I think we need to do more of it because it, it really uh, tunes to people in a new way than just wah, 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 wah. Like we all begin to sound like Charlie Brown teacher. And I want us to have like that, that, that component of, of sound that just, it, makes people's heart leap, makes people move into action because they see other people doing it because we're all creative. Oh my goodness. Oh, this is so good, Tamara. So listen, would you consider doing an episode on yours, doing an episode that is like a bonus to the bonus and just your spoken word on one? Come on, come on. You're challenging me. Let's go. Me too. All right, let's do it. I'm committed. I'll share yours. You share mine when it comes out. Yes, I'm committed. Me too. Me too. I actually know exactly the one that I want to share. I haven't, I haven't given it out to the world yet. Me too. I know the one and I'm going to do Dear Yesterday. And the reason I'm going to do that is because a woman literally just wrote on some platform. I forget which one it was. I feel like it was LinkedIn. And she said, I loved your Dear Yesterday. Done and done. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You you deliver every single time. You over deliver, and and by over deliver, I mean it just allows people's cups to overflow in uh-huh. the way that you show up, in the way you speak and share, and you actually really see people. And I think through social audio, which is where we're at most mm-hmm. of the time, mm-hmm. that's a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so you really are attuned to people's energies and voices, and I and I love that about you. Thank, Thank you for the you. way you show up. Yeah. So coaching cocktails and conversations. I will have that dear yesterday. (laughs) So fun, you guys. Thank you, Lolita, so much. We will see you on Clubhouse tomorrow or hear you. Uh, But in the meantime, go to lolitawalker.com. Go to coaching cocktails and conversations podcast and go over to YouTube and check out her TEDx because it's amazing. And we want to get those views up, 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 up. up. (laughs) All right, sister. Have a great day. You too. (laughs) Bye. Hey y'all, it's me again. I hope in today's episode, you sense and ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. 
by snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fitandfaith underscore podcast or me personally at tamra.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time. Hi, friend. Are you stressed, maybe even worried about so many needs around you that you've forgotten you are worth taking care of, too? Well, I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stress Less Podcast. I want to invite you to join me as I share practical tips based on science, inspired by God's Word, to help you spark joy and restore God's peace and love to your soul. Subscribe now and go to lifeaudio.com.